Our gospel text for this evening comes from the book of Isaiah, the 40th chapter, beginning with the first verse, and is found on page 581 of your pew Bible, if you would like to read along. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I say, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. The flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Last week, I asked the ninth grade confirmation students to explore this text with me in preparation for my preaching tonight. If you were at church this past Sunday, you may have heard Pastor Karen preach on the same text. And knowing that we were having a preach-off of sorts on the same text, I was a little intimidated. <laughs> So the ninth graders helped me listen to the text for God's good news. When I was in seminary, I learned that the gospel is God's good news for our bad situation. And the ninth graders didn't let me down. They saw various signs of God's good news woven throughout this text. More than I had seen on my own. Which I guess is a bit about what this text is tells us that there is good news even when we can't see it at first glance. I think each of us have experienced times in our lives where we have struggled to see the good news. We've all experienced feeling a bit disconnected from God or from mercy or from our faith. On Wednesday last week, as I considered preaching this text, I was feeling weary. I was uncertain about the message and uncertain about the good news within it for our bad situation in this world. 
but the ninth graders in their great wisdom and faith, prophets that they are, helped me to hear God's wisdom through their voices. And before I share with you the glimmers of hope and good news that they came up with for this text, I want to start by giving you all a bit of context on the reading, which I will be honest and let you know I did not give them when they were finding the good news within it. This chapter of Isaiah begins what is often called Isaiah 2. Leading up to this point in the Old Testament, God has been making great promises to the Judeans through various prophets, like Pastor Jason told us about last week. What's taken place now, though, is that despite all these grand promises, they have been crushed by their oppressors, and they are exiled in Babylon. The people, many people were killed. Towns were destroyed. It seemed that God had abandoned the people. And honestly, that's not hard to imagine given the current state of the people in the Holy Land. Imagine their desperation having been promised that they were God's chosen people and then finding themselves in exile. This time of exile, though, is skipped in the book of Isaiah. Scholars think perhaps the suffering was so well known that there was no need for it to be recorded. Isaiah jumps up from the time leading up to the exile and skips it and starts again at the time immediately following it. That's where we begin today. That's why it's called Isaiah 2. These verses are the beginning of the new story. And they begin with an expression of love, comfort, Oh, comfort, my people. God knows what they need right now, comfort and hope, and offers that here by ways of saying, take comfort, be comforted, and follows that up with words of mercy. That's what comes next. Through the prophet, God says, you have paid the price for your sin, perhaps even double. The prophet knows the extent of the suffering of the people and knows that what they have endured is perhaps twofold what they might have expected. Isaiah writes, she has served her term. Her penalty has been paid. She has received double for her sins. These are the words of mercy. After these two statements, the first of comfort and the second of mercy, they are told that God is coming to them. This proclamation to prepare the way of the Lord means that the people don't need to go out searching. God is coming to them. They are asked to create a highway that is smooth and flat so that God can come quickly to their side. Sometimes, or oftentimes, sadly, as a chaplain, I've met with people who have been told by trusted faith leaders that they are sick only because they have not yet sought out God correctly. There are people who have been left believing if only they had prayed the right prayer, said the right thing, expressed enough faith. If they had confessed the right sins, then God would have healed them. But in our text today, the opposite is proclaimed. God comes to us in our suffering. God seeks us out. It's a relief to learn 
that when you are empty, there's no special requirement. God comes to meet you. And if you've suffered, and I don't know many people who haven't, you know the last thing you need is one more task to get right. God comes to us, and our duty in preparing for God's coming is to make a smooth road. So how do we do that? Well, if you ask the ninth grade confirmation students, it's through justice. They heard the message of the valleys being lifted up and the mountains being made low as a proclamation that God brings equality. And our task as the children of God is to work alongside God in that mission. As Jason mentioned, as Pastor Jason mentioned last week, the prophets comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. As workers with God, we feed the hungry, visit the hospitalized, connect with those who are isolated, and we advocate for equality in wages, health care, education, access to housing and food. As we wait for God to return, we have work to do. First, Isaiah tells us to make straight the highway, and next he tells us to proclaim God's word. Here again, we might find some comfort in the prophet's hesitance. What should I cry out? He asks. People are not trustworthy. They won't hear the message. They won't stand true. They wither like grass on dry land. We wouldn't put our faith in grass. How can we put our faith in people? Perhaps you have been let down. Perhaps you've had your trust broken. Perhaps you've been hurt by someone you love. We know people can fail us. And so we are reminded here that unlike people, God's word endures forever. We can put our faith in God. Although at times God can seem far away, like we can be certain it seemed for the Judeans when they were exiled in Babylon, God assures us that we will not be forsaken. God will return. This is the heart of the Advent season. God will return. Advent comes just before Christmas in our church year, and it's our time to remember that we are not only preparing for the birth of a baby, but we are waiting for the return of our Messiah. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again, even when we feel alone, abandoned, forgotten, forsaken. God's word is forever, and the kingdom of God is at hand. There is always hope. And so finally, we come to the conclusion of this text. So get you up to a high mountain and proclaim the goodness of God. Have faith. That's what the confirmands heard in that. Have faith that God will feed the flock like a shepherd. Have faith that God will carry them like lambs. Have faith that God will lead the mother sheep. And the good news, as proclaimed by our ninth grade confirmation students, is there is always hope, even in bad times. You are never alone. God will always be there. Have faith and proclaim it through your actions. Go to church, do good, and advocate for justice. Love others. 
believe even on the hardest of days that we will all experience God's love and know that where the mother sheep are led, the lambs will follow. Be a leader in your faith and see the good that God can do in the world through you. Amen.